This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Was it ever in doubt, Michael? Was it ever in doubt that the Jets would find a way to blow this? It, it it wasn't it wasn't and this is why we every single week root so hard for it because it, this was never guaranteed no matter how easy the jets made it seem like going uh 16 or at least getting enough losses to pass the jaguars as easy as they made it seem like it would be it's never a guarantee in this league nothing it, is it's, guaranteed it's so unbelievable but it yet it's so believable because it's the jets and they they always find a new that, way to that actually sums it up really well because i feel like i should be more just more vocally emotional right now just really yelling breaking things i haven't been doing that because i'm just kind of not surprised that the jets would do this yeah it's 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 a weird feeling because i feel you're right i think we should just stop being surprised i mean like week 17 even just in the last decade of misery that's ignoring all the the, you know, the blown AFC championships and anything that went on in the 20th century. But if you're just looking at 2010 on a blown AFC championship, the butt fumble, losing week 17, how many times, it, it even go through those seasons, the amount of meaningless games that the Jets have found ways to, to blow, like week one, Cincinnati 2016, or, or week one of, of 2018 blowing against Buffalo, small games in retrospect. But at the time, just how many same old Jets moments can we have? And look, People are going to respond to saying, look, the Jets just beat a very good football team. Why? You know, you shouldn't be this upset about a win. And look, the, the Jags could still beat the Bears next week. That's been the game that we've we've had circled on our calendars. And this could all work out where the Jets end up getting Trevor Lawrence and don't have to suffer the embarrassment of going 0-16. But at the same time, it's I'm not going to get my hopes up. I'm done being an optimist about this team because you're right. We should stop being surprised. We should, you know, as most Jets fans who probably listen to this podcast are, just expect the worst and, and be happy when it's anything less than that. Because, you know, I, I'd had a feeling for the last few weeks that they were going to blow it. I figured it was going to be week 17 against the Patriots. Did not expect them to beat a very good Rams team in my mind. Michael, are there any positives to take away from this game or is this just all shit? I mean, just to talk about, because I mean, I think most Jets fans are on board with tanking at this point, but you know, if you're not, it's just, it's not the end of the world. I think. For me, I'm definitely looking at it rationally. The franchise is not folding. There's still plenty of hope if they don't land this number one pick, but that doesn't mean it's not a huge loss to not get that number one pick and to fall to number two if that is how things plays out. If that's how things play out, it's a huge loss. It's not the end, but it's definitely a big drop-off from Lawrence to the rest of the quarterback prospects 
and not just in terms of the player, but also everything that comes with him, the attractiveness of that head coach position, you go from being one of the most desirable head coaching spots to coach a guy like him as respected and revered as he is to a team that is very bad and isn't going to be having a prospect that is not nearly at his level. And also that impacts free agency and impacts staff hires everything. So, and, and we it, should mention that, that well, we should mention that Justin Fields or if it's Zach Wilson or God, whoever knows will be the number two pick by the time April rolls around, you know, there's still going to be a very good prospect. It's not like Justin Fields is going to be right. taken. If Justin Fields is the guy number two, it's not just because he's QB two. He, he is a top five prospect in this draft. He is a very good player. It's just, I think it's the fact that this season we could have won something this season, you know, right. we felt like we had meaningful games in December that we, this season, this brutal, awful, dreadful, ugly letdown of a season could have been worth something. We would have finished first in something, even if it was to be the laughingstock league. It's like, well, the Jets are still going to be the laughingstock league, arguably more so in the eyes of many smart NFL fans who are saying the Jets suck this year and they just beat a meaningless, they won a meaningless game to lose this generational QB prospect. It's just infuriating, but at the same time, not surprising. And I think that's why me and you, we were talking this past week and it's like, I don't think the Jets are going to get Lawrence. I think they're going to find a way to blow this. And, you know, it seems like they have, I mean, I'd still say there's a 25% chance that um, Jacksonville beat Chicago and the Jets find a way to lose the next two games. But I even said to Michael before this game, I wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville beat Chicago and then the Jets win week 17, just to, to have that roller coaster oh of emotions. If that happened, that, that would be, uh, that would, I, I would prefer to just say as, as it is over doing that. That would be horrendous. But to, but to go off of what you said, I think that is a big part of it. It's just from a fan perspective, to have the opportunity to win something in some way just felt so good to this point. It felt like we were winning, even though the team was losing. And they were doing it in such a great way with young players playing well. And some young players did play really well in this game. So that's a positive, even though Frank Gore got 23 carries, averaged 2.6 yards a carry, the long run of eight. There were still some big negatives in that way, but Becton was dominant. Hall was good. But aside from that, it just felt like we were winning something. We were going to win a race. We were rooting for things and they were playing out. And most of these seasons, you know, like 2017, 2018, last year, season just plays out you play these meaningless games you have no rooting interest and you know i mean maybe they lose and improve the draft position but it doesn't matter that much right you're right you're, you're like round. you're losing to get so to it felt like we were winning it's something to feel like that making the season worth something a reward for everything we've gone through but now it feels like we're just getting a consolation prize yeah those other seasons kind of what you're saying it's like you get to those november december games and the jets are you know, three and nine or something. It's like, well, okay, we can fight for pick number five. And But there's something about having the pick of the litter and there's the optimism about the new GM and the way he stuck his landing on his first draft and they have all these picks. And it's like, wow, you can get, not only get the first pick of the draft, you're the guy that, it couldn't have been a better year to, to, to tank because there's a once in a generation quarterback prospect. There were no fans in the stadium. There was, you know, you're going to be firing your head coach. It's going to attract a, uh, a new head coaching pro, uh, candidate. You're going to have Trevor Lawrence in New York. There was just a lot of different positive vibes around the Jets. And even though the maybe the broader media was laughing at the Jets, I think Michael and I felt pretty optimistic about this team's future, you know, even more so than other years, even though it's objectively probably the worst it's ever been. It, in some ways, it kind of felt like this team is a team that, that's going to be good in a few years. And now it all feels lost. But, you know, look, we might look back at this podcast three years from now and be laughing at ourselves because either one, the Jets are going to still end up with that number one pick or two, um, 
Trevor Lawrence isn't going to be what, what everybody expects him to be. There's been plenty of busts in the history of NFL. Maybe Justin Fields turns out to be better. Maybe this all works out for the Jets. But right now, it seems, it seems pretty dark. Michael, the, the thing that I've seen some Jets fans float around, and you're vehemently against it, is this idea, well, now that the Jets have, have missed out on, on Trevor Lawrence as the first overall pick, maybe Joe Douglas should stick with Sam Darnold for another year, trade the pick, or take Penny Sewell, and, and build around Darnold, build up the roster. And then if he's not good, you have two first-round picks. Next year, you can trade up and get a quarterback then. But maybe we should give Darnold one more shot after Gase. I know me and you were kind of in this boat week one, maybe, maybe week two. But at this point, we've been pretty anti-Darnold. He's had a brutal season. What are your thoughts on that take? Is that something you could even see the Jets remotely attempting? Is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? Just your overall your all feelings on, on continuing with Sam Darnold. Yeah, and, and that's definitely going to be one of the toughest parts if they do fail to get the number one pick because I just do not see any reasonable rationale for re- retaining Sam Darnold. His, and, and I was one of the biggest supporters of him coming into the season. I thought he's going to have a big breakout year, but it just has not. hundred reasons to believe in Sam Darnold. hundred reasons to believe in Sam Darnold. But I guess now this offseason, uh, offseason I'll be writing a hundred reasons to let Sam Darnold go. But uh, it just hasn't panned out. And to this point, I mean, I've looked at every play that he's had this season and in his career on film. Joe Blewett has done the same for us at Jets X Factor. And it's just not been there this season. You can make the Gase excuse, the supporting cast excuse. It applied the first two seasons when he was showing flashes, having elite games here and there, when there were games where he had zero chance to do anything. This season hasn't been that way. There have been games where the offensive line or receivers have been bad. There have been plays where he hasn't been able to do anything because of one of those three factors, O-line receivers, Gase. But for the most part, the offensive line has been better than last season. The receivers have been better, maybe not better, but there have been a lot of plays this season where Darnold's just not capitalizing on open receivers, throwing interceptions without reading only one half of the field. Uh, taking sacks he's no business taking, running running out of bounds when he could throw the ball away. There, He's taken a huge step back and has nothing to do with his supporting cast. He just does not look as promising as he did last year or in his rookie season. And you also have his fifth-year option coming up that they have to make a decision on after the season, which is estimated to be around $25 million. And there's no way the Jets are picking that up. That's the So if you reason. do pass on a quarterback and go into next season with him, he's on – essentially a one-year deal going into free agency and that's obviously not as good of a situation as having a rookie court quarterback on his the first year of his rookie deal and i i just don't see the rationale he yeah. has not had nearly good enough of a season this game against the rams wasn't that much of a needle mover only 196 yards of passing offense um and that's with the rams basically not covering anybody the majority of the game um, so he, he just hasn't shown. And even if he does finish the season strong, you can't overreact to two or three games after a whole season of really rough performances. So for me, he hasn't shown nearly enough. If he had a season like last year or even his rookie season, then maybe because those seasons, there was, there were a lot of very, very good performances that showed that talent, but he just has not had those this season. And he's had games that have been, you know, sort of the, Patriots Monday night caliber, multiple of those. I mean, he's had more of those games than he's had decent games this season. So I just don't see the rationale and the contract plays into it with the option coming up. 
And I, I would just much rather build around Fields or Lawrence, start from the beginning, start fresh with them, build around their skill sets and trying right. to, you know, then you have your timelines messed up. You have Darnold on his, in his fourth year, you have head coach in his first year, you have Douglas in his third year, nothing's in sync. Just start over, get, get your quarterback at number two, build around him uh, with a, a head coach and a coordinator. It's on the same page as him. So um, that's just how I see it. Right. But I, will the Jets maybe buy into Darnold? I would hope not. I'd have serious doubts about Douglas if he does, just based on what Darnold has put on, uh, put on film this season. But uh, I, for me, it's an obvious decision that if you fall to two, you take your pick between Fields and Wilson, whoever you prefer. And that's pretty much the only decision. The biggest reason it's the one you highlighted is, is the contract. Because in my mind, as far as talent goes, I don't think I'm ready to say that Justin Fields or Zach Wilson is more talented than Sam Darnold. Certainly Sam Darnold has been awful this year, but this kid was the number one quarterback prospect in 2018. I think Ryan Tannehill is a good success story as, as a post Adam Gase quarterback. And there's some hope that it's like, you get him away from Gase, you build up the roster. He can be good. And I kind of, I still do believe that, if the Jets trade Sam Darnold to San Francisco or whatever, that he'll go there and he'll be a good quarterback. But the thing is, is that this game against LA was his best game of the season. And what was he? He was a game manager. I mean, and that kind of seems like that might be Sam Darnold's ceiling at this point, maybe not ceiling, but likely optimistic outcome for his career is a game manager because he's clearly shown that he's makes too many boneheaded decisions. He, he's too inaccurate. He's not good at going through his progressions. He can't see the field. He's not good under pressure. There's too many flaws. I mean, did everyone not see the Seahawks game where he simply did not even read half of the field and threw an interception should have been pick six straight into Jamal Adams's chest. Right. Then he threw another pick six later in the game that was dropped by Amadi. So I, I just, I, I don't understand how he could watch him the season and not really grasp that right. he's declined he's so much. He can be some other team's reclamation project because I agree. I think the Jets just need to start fresh. Don't have to worry about fixing Darnold. Just you get Fields or you get Wilson or hopefully Lawrence at this point, but probably not. It's probably going to be Fields or Wilson. And you start fresh with the new head coach. And look, I'm sure over the next few weeks, we'll, we'll be able to talk ourselves into this. It's not the end of the world. It's not a quarterback class that is uh, – just has one guy and then the rest are all bums. You know what I mean? It's not hopeless for the jets. There's, there's a, a reality where the jets end up drafting Justin Fields and end up being a very good team and winning super bowls. And this all looks stupid, but based off my experience as a jets fan, that's probably not the, the, the reality we live in. Um, but yeah, the, the whole point with, with Sam Donald's contract is, is the primary reason in my mind. Um, but Michael, when you look at Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, I mean, we really haven't watched much of any of them. We've, we've seen a few games. Um, so I don't want you to, to go on record, I guess, and, and about these players because it's not fair to them. We haven't, me and you, or at least in, in my case, I have not watched enough of Justin Fields or Zach Wilson to really make a, a take on either of them. But I've, I've seen their games. I've watched their YouTube highlights. That's the level of scouting that we've gone into at this point in December. Um, what are your thoughts on, on that prospect? Because I think at the beginning of the season, we, we figured it was going to be Lawrence one and, and Fields two. Zach Wilson is gaining some ground. People think that Wilson and Fields is that's not a, a, a done deal that Fields was number two. And maybe there's another quarterback that shoots up the, the the rankings during draft season. It is a very good quarterback class. It's a bummer that at this moment in time the Jets aren't primed to take the cream of the crop, but they could still get a very good quarterback, a very good young quarterback in Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. What are your thoughts on them uh, out of the little bit you've you've studied? 
Well, I mean, I mean, I think like you, we both have to watch a lot more for having any, you know, defined takes on them. But I mean, at least from what I've seen and everything, you know, I know based on the analytics behind them and just the various opinions that I've seen from, you know, people who actually have watched a lot of them, they're both very good prospects and falling. This is the Jets are lucky in the sense that falling, you know, not getting the number one pick doesn't mean there isn't a quarterback there for them. You could, I think you can very comfortably take one of these two guys at the number two pick. And it's definitely a huge drop off from Lawrence, but like you said, there's a reality where the jets fall number two, get one of these two guys and they become a franchise quarterback. And we're clearly already at this acceptance stage. We've already gone through the five stages of grief at this point, <laughs> and we're going to continue to throughout this off season. But I mean, these, these guys are worthy of being top picks and you can build around them. If you do it correctly, obviously the Jets didn't last time, but it's, it's, I I really don't want to be, I did not think we'd have to be having this conversation. You didn't even, you didn't even want to do the podcast. I mean, you literally, I didn't, I didn't, I was completely ignoring you for like 30 minutes. (laughs) I called you. You didn't answer. You declined me twice. So I was like, wow, Michael's taking time. But I was like, we have to, we have to stick to our to our regimen and trying i'm trying my best to spread uh, yes. spread the positivity i mean i was i, I like was the one pain. doing case positivity two years yeah. ago so come on we can uh, i mean what's the worst case scenario here for the jets michael that's my question in your mind that over the next 12 months how can the jets find uh, even more ways to screw this all up i i mean like if if douglas is the real deal if he's as good as we think he is I don't think there's a way you can screw it up in the sense that it can be stick with Donald hire Doug Peterson situation. I, that, that would probably <laughs> be it. That probably any, anything involving sticking dar- sticking with Donald Harbaugh probably be a really bad Harbaugh, Doug Peterson. <laughs> Maybe they'll bring back Rex Ryan. I don't know, <laughs> but in a realistic sense, if Douglas is as good as we think he is and he just stays put, takes a quarterback, and they actually hire a competent head coach, and he continues to draft as well as he's drafted, there's still very much a path to success for this team. But at the same time, it doesn't change how major of a loss it is for the right. Jets to not get Trevor Lawrence if they, right. if they do continue uh, down this path. There should still be a lot of optimism about this team. I still think this is a very young team with a very competent GM, a lot of money, and a hell of a lot of picks. And some good pieces. Like you said, I mean, it was the ideal tank season in the sense that Quinnen Williams, who, by the way, I hope he's okay with the concussion. He was puking on the sideline. That was never not a good scene at all. I think he's probably done for the season. Um, I mean, they could bring him back week 17, but um, that's a Pro Bowl season. But that was a guy that heading into the year, you know, I've talked about how I'm done being an optimist. And Quinnen Williams is a good example of that. I started to feel in, that over the summer, I was like, you know, here's just another he was never on Vernon Golson's level because Quinton actually had a very solid year as a run defender's rookie year, but it was more as a pass rusher. It was like, this is a guy that we're going to, he's going to uh, under deliver, not live up to his Chris Jones, Aaron Donald type of expectations. We're going to talk about how he needs to develop and take the leap and he's not going to, he's going to have another quiet season. Um, and I couldn't have been more wrong. Quinton Williams is, is an absolute monster. I mean, he looked amazing in this game and he's looked amazing all season. It's not just a one game for him. Uh, it's multiple games this season. He definitely deserves a Pro Bowl nod. Makai Becton has looked absolutely amazing this season. Props to Joe Douglas because he, first of all, didn't have the pick of the litter, but he also had to make a decision between Wirfs and Becton and couldn't have gone wrong either way there. But Becton has, has certainly proved to be a franchise left tackle. There's a lot of positives here. I like Denzel Mims. Bryce Hall 
that made a, a terrific play in this game. I said to you in, in the DMs, and I tweeted it out as well, that I think the optimistic but yet realistic view of this draft class is that Mims, Becton, and Hall can all be hits. Davis and, and Mann are probably going to be special teamers, and Zuniga, Clark, and Morgan might just be backups or jacks. Obviously, that could all change. I mean, Hall could end up sucking, and, and Zuniga could be, end up being amazing, or they could all end up sucking and whatever. But right now, I kind of feel confident in, in that sort of projection as a realistic but very good draft class for Joe Douglas. Um, and and looking towards the future, I feel very good about this team. But you're right. It's just, it's just demoralizing that it was just – it was inevitable – um, but it, it hurts nonetheless. Um, but Michael, uh, is there anything else you'd, you'd like to add about this game? I mean, any other, uh, notes, maybe not concerning the tank, but as far as individual performances by players, um, anything that stuck out to you? I mean, I think the, the most notable has to be Becton. I think he was the time, the times where I focused on him, he definitely seemed to be playing really well. Donald destroyed the two guards, I think, as we expected. But it, it seemed like there was no one else creating, doing anything up front. So it seems like Becton, McGovern, and Fant played pretty well. We'll see what comes out on the film. But it seemed like they played pretty well, so that's good. Bryce Hall's interception was really nice. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, uh, that, that, those two guys were pretty positive. But, I mean, we still had to watch Frank Gore carry the ball 23 times, so that's not good. Um, Braden managed another ridiculous tackle, which also saved a touchdown. And we and we watched this, by the way. We watched this, by the way. It was a three on one. This is how weird we are. Ben was replaying this like ten times. It was like yeah, it was like the Sapruder film. I literally about which number was it again? It was forty five or something. Number forty six on the forty six. Yeah, whoever was just did not block Braden Man. Completely ignored him and let him save that touchdown, which will change the course of Jets franchise history. It so could, thanks, oh, speaking 46. of changing the course of franchise history, if we're going to talk about the game itself, what the fuck was Sean McVay's play calling at the end of that game? I mean, do you, I, my dad literally turned to me and said, do you think that, that he was giving his, his old buddy Gase a uh, spot in him a win since, you know, the Rams are going to go to the playoffs regardless? Obviously, that's, that's not the case, but it certainly felt that way. I mean, I think at the beginning of the season, me and you looked at this game and we felt – this is when we were cheering for wins, mind you. We looked at this game. We said, you know what? I don't really see Sean McVay's too smart. I think he's going to exploit this Jets defense. They're not talented enough. He's just such a smart coach. That was maybe the dumbest coach game I've seen since last week watching Adam Gase. Uh, I, Adam Gase actually outcoached somebody this week, and it was the young star that everybody's tried to replicate in Sean McVay. Going back to – and look, I mean, the Jets got unlucky numerous times. Like you mentioned, the Brandon, Braden Mann tackle – when I say the Jets got unlucky, I guess I should say the Jets got lucky numerous times. Braden Mann made a terrific tackle, two huge runs, including a touchdown run we're called back. But when you go to that third and four, I think that is where I really focus. There was a third and four and a fourth and four. Sean McVay was in Jets territory. I think it would have been my, what was a 55 yard field goal is, is what you said. Yes. Yeah, so 55. Yeah. as a 55 yard field goal. It's third and four. They go empty. And I had said, kind of in my mind, just the look that the Jets gave, I'm not opposed to running it at there. I mean, run it out of the shotgun. You're either going to get the first against a, a pass look from the Jets, or you're going to make it an easier field goal try, or it's going to be a fourth and one. Um, and you're probably not going to lose yards on it. So I always kind of like a third and four and that type of situation. I think a run is a good call, but okay, you're going to go empty. You're going to throw it. He's throwing a wheel route to Cam Akers. Doesn't work. I mean, First of all, I think that's probably more on Goff than McVeigh because I think Goff could have gone elsewhere, but still a, complica- a complicated par- uh, play call in a simple situation. Fine, whatever. Uh, fourth and four, though, is more egregious. Why are you targeting 
the only good player in the Jets defense. I mean, that's maybe hyperbole, but Quinn Williams is out. Marcus May is the best player on that Jets defense. And how many times have we seen him as an elite center best fielder? Best player in the secondary by far. I mean, that's not even – Michael, I think you would be the best player in the secondary. That's, that's <laughs> mean. That's mean. That's mean. Bryce Hall is still good. But um, but Marcus May is going to make that play 10 out of 10 times. So what the fuck are we doing throwing the – and if you look at that play, and look, I'm, I'm going after McVay here, but really – it's Jared Goff's fault because every single other receiver, if you pause and look, is open. And like, I get why he's taking the one-on-one with the safety, but fourth down, you're tied in on the safety. You don't have to take that chance. If it's first down, by all means, try it. But he could have hit Cup for the first down. He could have hit Acres for the first down. There were plenty of other guys that were open for the first down that bombing at 40 yards down the field. It was just a dumb game. And you said at the beginning of the week that this this was a, a potential trap game. You, But then you said, well, the Rams never lose to bad teams. McVay has not lost. I, to, I to, did say that. This, is, this is just incredible. This is the, uh, the number one game on their schedule, other than the Chiefs game, probably that was the biggest mismatch, especially with Badakasi out. And it's unbelievable, really. It's the one, the one thing that the Jets have done well, excluding last week, for the last decade is stop the run. And that gets overlooked by a lot of fans. That is a, that's part of the reason the Jets haven't fully bottomed out is because if you can stop the run, especially as you get into late in the season, uh, you look at a lot of the, the, the top teams that win Super Bowls, Chiefs excluded. They're teams that have great defenses and can run the ball. But the problem is that the Jets face some of these teams late in the season. We saw at the Raiders last year, and they face these run-first teams, and they're stout against the run. And hell, even without Quinton Williams and Foley Fadokasi, they were stout against the run. And it opens, it forces teams to pass. And you know, look, eight out of 10 times, teams have been able to pass at will against the Jets. But there's a few of these games where these running teams play the Jets and they just can't run against them. And the Jets end up getting these upsets. It's not the first time we've seen this happen. Unfortunately, it was an ill-timed um, game, but it's just frustrating. It's also frustrating we have to lose to the ugliest team in, in all of football. I mean, those unis are atrocious. I, I think... I think me and you, I mean, I've gone back and forth in the Jets unis. I've been a big fan of them. I, I haven't liked them as much, but I, I've, I've accepted them. I think they're solid. I think they could have been better, but they're solid. But you look at those Rams uniforms. I mean, that is, who the hell designed that? I said to Michael, I think they're. We could go on and on about the issues with these uniforms. I mean, from the it, rectangular full team name in the front of the uniform, the, the yellow line on the shoulder, <laughs> on the shoulders. From the, the the numbers being shiny and having lines going through them, it's, it's uh, they took a page mess. out of the they took a page out of the '90s NBA basketball jersey uh, playbook, which is just make something super ugly and then in ten years it'll be iconic. Because I guarantee you, in in 2055, the Rams are going to bring back these jerseys as a throwback, and the fans are going to go crazy. If if the Rams have any sort of success, or they'll just go down in infamy as awful uniforms, and they'll change them in 2025. But um. Really depressing time to be a Jets fan. Michael, have you recovered at all? Or are you still wallowing in self-pity? What stage of the grief are you at right now? I'm probably probably in that bargaining stage, which is kind of coming up <laughs> with reasons okay. to accept it. There's Jacksonville, be some Jacksonville, what about Jacksonville, what about our two first-round picks this year and a first next year for Trevor Lawrence? Take it or leave it. And also, I did just dig up a couple of great nuggets here. So Gardner Minshew. He's 2-0 against the Colts, Week 17. Colts will be playing for their playoff lives against Minshew. He's 2-0 against them. Season opener this year and the last game last year. He also has the second-highest pass rating against the Colts in NFL history with at least 50 pass attempts. Number one, Roger Staubach. So 
Gardner <laughs> Minshew knows the Indianapolis Colts, and he's hey, going to pick up that win in I'm, Week 17. I'm more confident in Gardner Minshew than I was in Mike Lennon. I do think there's a chance that they could win one of these games. I think it's just that the theme of this year, hell, the theme of the franchise is don't expect anything good to happen. I think that they will find a way to break your heart, even if the Bears – find a way to blow a game next week and Jets fans are going crazy. I'm still going to be sitting there in the corner saying they're going to, they're going to win week 17. Oh, if the Jaguars win that game against the bears, like my rugs reaction is probably going to be that times two. It's not going to happen. As long as the Jets take care of their business. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. The bears are going to win an ugly 20 to nine game. I I think the one thing that helps them is, is the bears on the road. The bears have won their last two. They're feeling good. You know, Jacksonville is a tough team tougher than people think there's a chance. Um, but you were talking about the Colts game, maybe explain you, you went, there's some positive nuggets, but some um, more negative nuggets uh, this week in terms of strength, the schedule and in terms of the whole, maybe the Colts would rest their starters week 17 um, because they had the playoffs locked up. Can you just kind of explain what happened in the uh, NFL games outside of the jets debacle in Los Angeles? Yeah, this is definitely a really bad day in terms of the help the Jets could get. Uh, well, in terms of strength of schedule, that's the Jets are that that can't happen. The gap can't be closed at this point. So the Jaguars have that clinched. But there were ways the Jets could get helped out uh, on this day on Sunday. The Patriots getting eliminated definitely doesn't help because their motivation is taken down. Um, they could if the Colts and Titans both won. Uh, well, they did both win. But the reason the Jets are, if the Colts lost, then the Titans would have a chance to clinch the division going into week 17. And then potentially the Colts, all right. So here's here's the situation the Jets are in. The Colts are going to be playing for something no matter what in week 17. There's no chance they're going to be resting against uh, the Jaguars because even if the Titans clinch the division next week, the Colts can't clinch a playoff spot going into week 17 because the Ravens, are right behind them and they lost to the Ravens. So they don't have the tiebreaker. So that hurts. But like, like I said, Minshew owns the Indianapolis Colts. He's basically the part owner with Jim Irsay. So I still think that'll play out pretty well, but there were ways the Jets could have gotten some more help this week. They didn't get. Uh, uh, this is brutal. Do you think there's a chance that Trevor Lawrence can uh, refuse to play for Jacksonville and, and Eli Manning is went to New York, like Eli Manning actually did. Uh, I would I appreciate that so much. But if, if we were going to combat these rumors the entire time that he wouldn't do that to the Jets, <laughs> then I hey, don't think I, we can the say NFL, he would do the Jacks. Trevor Lawrence, pretty much everybody involved outside of Jacksonville fans and the a- rest of the AFC East would rather have Trevor Lawrence in New York. And I'm not a Knicks fan. You are. How does this relate to the and, – and I guess it's, it wasn't in the Knicks' control, but it kind of feels like we almost had Zion Williamson and now we end up with R.J. Barrett, who is still a very good player, but there's just kind of the feeling of, damn, I wish we got that number one overall pick and could have taken uh, the one generation. Just, it's, just, it's just too reminiscent, especially because it's the same thing where he's going to a small market team uh, that kind of, just, you know, just isn't, it is, is, isn't New York. Like Zion going to New Orleans. Now you're going to have Trevor in Jacksonville. God. Hey, but RJ Barrett looking good in the preseason. So that's, that'll be Justin that's Fields. True. And that's true. It'll be he's Justin Fields good. in about eight months. Right. Well, you mean second preseason. So he's, if he goes down the RJ path, I'll have a not very good rookie season. Oh, okay. That's a bummer. Then second preseason <laughs> look good. So prepare yourself for that. Uh, so what, stage are, what stage are you at right now? I think I was in anger for most of the day. I think 
is there a, i'm trying to remember what the stages are i would just say kind of um indifference i don't know if that even is a stage of grief it probably <laughs> isn't hopefully it's not <laughs> um, but um that's the stage that i would say i'm at as far as it relates to this team i'm just kind of uh, in the justin fields stage maybe, maybe the questioning stage it's like why the fuck do we cheer so for this the game? stages are denial anger anger bargaining depression and acceptance probably depression i would say i'm at depression now but i haven't gone through bargaining it's just sad i mean look there's a lot more important things in life than than an nfl football team but you have to wonder Are why there? we even no i'm kidding <laughs> you have to wonder why the hell we do, we put ourselves through this because it is completely voluntarily it's a it's a stupid game and yet it is it is this will have completely ruined my week like i will not rebound from this until probably we christmas this week and oh, Christmas is ruined. About this. <laughs> Christmas <laughs> is canceled now, thanks to fucking Jared Goff and Sean McVay. I guess we'll. We oh, and, and number forty-six, and number forty-six. Number forty-six, yeah, whatever that guy's name. I'm gonna look him up. His name is Juju Hughes. He's an Juju, undrafted. Juju agent. Hughes. Oh my god, Juju Hughes. Oh my god. And Austin Corbett for his holding like on the touchdown. Of, whatever. I mean, that was that was a nice takedown. So. Juju Hughes is who I hate more. Uh, all you did was block the punter. Block the punter and you win. And you just ran. He got out-juked by Braden Mann. I mean, Michael, I mean, you probably could out-juke this guy. I love how you're my go-to as far as <laughs> you could do this. But I honestly think after watching Juju Hughes, Juju Hughes, incredible display at, at being terrible at the sport of football, I think you could probably juke him out. I mean, that's horrible. What position does he play? He is a strong safety. He's a secondary not, player? Not I, thought he, I thought he was a linebacker. Though. That's how he's listed, though. Where do you go to school? He's from uh, uh, California State, Fresno. Fresno State. Oh, Jesus. Not Fresno. Um, well, I guess that'll do it for us. I mean, this is a pretty sad episode of Cool Your Jets. I honestly thought that the podcast might have ended. I mean, the way you were treating me for about an hour there, I was like, Michael's done. <laughs> but like, why, why do we even bother cheering for this team? Like, are we just masochists? Like, why do we, why are we putting ourselves through this? This was probably the worst. If the Jets don't get Trevor Lawrence and it, it turns out how I think it will, it's Trevor Lawrence being amazing and winning Super Bowls and the Jets getting stuck with somebody who ends up sucking. And now we're having the same quarterback discussion in 2024. It, it, this is probably the most painful season that we've gone through. All because of awesome. Juju Hughes. Juju Hughes, that damn Juju Hughes, lost every single week, and now it's the one time. Even when we win, we lose. There's just no upside to this. This treacherous, awful. See, is there? Do we have the number three? Um, can we still find behind? Can we still fall behind Cincy? Like if we won against Cleveland and New England, if they win their next two games, and since uh, the Bengals lose their next two, then they could. Oh wow! If they win their next two. Oh, lose, lose. Yeah, if the Bengals lose their next two, Jets yeah, win their next that. two. I'm like, I'm like backwards now for winning and losing is. I mix it up all the time. I was going to say that I was looking for – I thought it was going to be weird week one of 2021 being like, oh, we're cheering for the guys in the green jerseys, the green Hornets. Yeah, it's going to be yeah, such an adjustment. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to want them to win. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. I've, I've completely changed my perspective. It was hard the first few weeks, and now I'm completely used to like, okay, there's green. You want the other team to win. But um, I think that'll do it for us, Michael. Anything else? Any other depressing footnotes? Any uh, 
Anything you want to leave us on? I guess it just comes down to Sunday. Jags bear. Is that a, is that a one o'clock game? Yeah, that is. So and it is will the, be simultaneous the with the Jets. Okay. okay. That is the one o'clock game, right? The it was TBA when it first got announced. The Jets yeah, it's a one o'clock game. game. Okay. So, but like I said, Gardner Minshew does kind of own the Colts. So I don't know. Look out for that one. Oh, it's Look over. out for that game. It's over. It's over. It's Justin Fields time. Justin Fields and Greg Roman, maybe? How I mean, Last, okay. you weren't believing coming. You you keep saying that this was going to happen, and that is what happened. So maybe you need to be positive, and that will play well, out. Oh, dude, oh, you're going to talk about jinxes, Michael. You're the biggest jinx in the history of Jets Twitter. Every time you tweet something, the opposite happens. You might know your shit, but I mean, I literally, I literally looked down during the game, and you tweeted about the uh, when that that ball went through Marcus May's hands, and the Rams got like a 16 yard gain. You're like, remember this play? This is the turning point. I was like, yeah, hell yeah, this is the turning point. This is Michael Nania tweeting positively about the Jets tanking chances, and it's going to go the absolute other way every time. All right, last thing, because now that it just you just spawned another topic in my head, we've talked about how losing Trevor Lawrence will affect the quality of coaching candidates that the Jets can get. Who do you think's off the board now? If if assuming the Jets finish the, the second overall pick and they'll have to go through the whole process of like, do they stick with Darnold? Do they take Wilson? Do they take Fields? You can probably assume what like Matt Campbell's probably off the board. Yeah, Bill Pro- Cowers probably, probably off the board. Probably like your B enemy, Matt Campbell, guys like probably. It's tough for us to know who actually will be the most coveted candidates. Yeah, just because, in your opinion, you know, we form your... our own opinions, but we don't know exactly who. You know, for all we know, maybe Greg Roman's the top candidate. But um, I, I, I probably think we in terms say. of in terms Greg Roman, uh, like our rankings, probably like Campbell. The enemy. Hopefully, King Arthur's not off the board. Maybe he's hey. an under the radar guy. Maybe this increases the another chances. another so, amazing for it. Another amazing Titans offensive performance. So I think King Arthur could win with Sam Darnold. I mean, that was kind of the point of the art. One of the points of the article. So they get King Arthur. I'm back on being a diehard Jets fan right now. I'm, I'm questioning my life choices, but <laughs> I, I do think that if they do go with Justin Fields. Greg Roman is an interesting candidate to watch. I mean, he's done wonders with mobile quarterbacks. Maybe they do go with Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator in Baltimore, and then bring in um, a Baltimore assistant to run in the offense or something. But kind of there is the seeds there that if they do end up having a mobile QB, there's a guy with connections to Joe Douglas that has had done wonders with mobile quarterbacks. So it could still all work out for the Jets, but it generally never does. Uh, all right. I think that's it. Uh, you can follow us at CYJ pod on Twitter. You can follow Michael at Michael underscore Nania. You can follow myself at Ben W. Blessington. Come on this podcast where you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Jets X Factor, which is the best place to go for Jets content. We're sponsored by Manscaped. Go check it out. Use the code Cooler Jets. Free shipping, 20% off. All right, Michael. I'll see you again this time Sunday. Maybe it'll be a, a much I think you have move. to go to your signature quote here. That's a good way to leave it off. Don't, don't let the Jets ruin your life. No, obviously. I think the new one should be stop. If you're listening to this, then you already have let them ruin your yeah, life. Yeah, if you give a shit about this team, they've already ruined your life. So I'll see Listen you to this, this time. entire podcast at this point. Yes, this time. Your next, life is already ruined. Yes, this time next week, Michael. And, and hopefully it'll be a, a much brighter tune. Maybe, maybe the Jags pulled off the upset. Maybe the Jets continued the tank and, and lost the Browns. Or... Maybe the Jets beat the Browns. Who who the hell knows? Just this will be an interesting week in the New York market because it'll be even when the Jets win, they they still find a way to lose and find a way to break your heart. Everybody, thank you for listening. It's been a tough season. Didn't expect it to get much worse, but it, it somehow did. So 
Let's hope they can turn it around in the last two weeks. Down to six seconds. Carr going down again. And it's Quinton Williams this time for the Jets. The middle in the air. Picked off. Ryan Poole to the end zone. Touchdown. Hunter the beat. And the punter brings him down. Brayden Mann saved a touchdown most likely. Looks right. Fires a bomb down the right sideline again for Mims. What a catch by Denzel Mims. 